Hey there, freedom-loving carnivores. It's Jeff Dornick from Freedom First Network, and I've got a message for you. Are you tired of feeling like your beef choices are under siege? Well, fellow patriots, it's time to fight back with Prepper All Naturals. That's right, folks. In a world where the beef industry is under constant attack, Prepper All Naturals is here to stand tall and proud as a veteran-owned beacon of quality, taste, and freedom. When the guys at Prepper All Natural set out to provide you with the finest beef products, they knew they had a duty to defend America's beef legacy, and that's why we're proud to partner with them, bringing you the best of what this great land has to offer. Whether it's their succulent freeze-dried beef cubes or their premium freezer boxes packed with steaks and roasts, we're redefining what it means to enjoy beef today and tomorrow. And let me tell you folks, their freeze-dried beef isn't just delicious, it's built to last. With proper stores, their beef cubes can maintain their quality and freshness for up to a decade, ensuring you'll never have to compromise on taste or nutrition. But wait, there's more. They're not just in the business of selling beef. They're in the business of defending freedom. That's why they promise to never sell you anything less than 100% all-American natural beef. No lab-grown imposters, no experimental jabs, and certainly no compromises with the woke agenda. So, fellow beef enthusiasts, join us in our mission to protect America's beef legacy. Visit freedomfirstbeef.com and use code FFM for 15% off your order. Because when you choose Prepper All Naturals, you're not just eating well today, you're eating well tomorrow. And together... We'll ensure that beef remains a symbol of freedom for generations to come. Prep for all naturals, where beef meets freedom. We haven't done a show together in a while. It's been a while. It has been. You're listening to J.D. and Tammy Rucker as we deliver the NOQ report, or as we like to call it, the knock report. So grab a cup of coffee sit back and enjoy hello and welcome to another episode of the knock report the noq report i'm your host jd rucker and i'm not unfortunately joined today by my lovely brilliant talented and otherwise exceptional in every way wife and co-host tammy you know it's funny because um People, yeah. The the title of this particular ep- episode is uh, yeah, "There is no, there's zero evidence for a free and fair election." And a lot of people will come out. And actually, there's already one in here. I, somebody in chat's already saying, "There's zero evidence that it wasn't fair." Burden of proof is on nut jobs like you. Actually, that's that's not how it works. Okay, let me let me just go ahead and, and explain that. And I'll go into greater detail later, but I want to explain the the basis right up front. Uh, this is not a criminal case, okay? When you're talking about certification of votes or um, certification of of numbers, when they go, when when the electors are chosen, when when state legislators are making choices, when various secretaries of state or election boards or canvassers are told, okay, so do you certify that this is that this vote count is accurate? If there's any chance, any realistic chance that it's not, if there's demonstrable voter fraud, which there is plenty of, then the burden of proof is on them to prove that it was fair, to prove that I am certifying that I believe that these numbers are accurate, that there was no voter fraud, there was no election fraud. This whole concept of, oh, burden of proof is on is on the... Uh, on the prosecution, this is not a criminal, a criminal case, guys. This isn't. This is election law. If you come out there and you say stuff like, like Meast says, there's zero evidence that it wasn't fair. Burden of proof is on nut jobs like you. Guys, if you say stuff like that, you sound ignorant. You do. You I mean because you are. You know, certifying is by the very definition a proclamation of accuracy. Okay. You know, you can't go in and say, you know, say you go into a notary public and you say, okay, you know, can you verify that I'm John Smith? Okay, sure. Um, go ahead and, and prove to me that you're John Smith so I can, you know, not- notarize your document. You know, the person can't say, oh, well, you know, the burden of proof is on you to prove that I'm not John Smith. You know, if I say I'm John Smith, then I'm John Smith. You, you must prove. So yeah, folks like, like Meast in the chat, um, making ignorant claims. That's not to say that the burden, there is no burden of proof on, 
uh, say the Trump team going out there to, because they do have to prove voter fraud. But to say that there is no need to prove a free and fair election, that's incorrect. Okay, in the court of law, you know, this comes down to um, this is a civil suit. It's not a criminal suit, uh, which brings me to the second big, you know, um, easiest way to sound ignorant if you're if you're attacking Trump supporters is to say, hey, you know, you have to be able to prove beyond a reasonable doubt. You, know, you guys have been watching too much Law and Order. This is a civil case. It's not a criminal case. Okay. They do not have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt in a civil case. They have to demonstrate a preponderance of evidence, which is to say they have to show a likelihood that their case that they're making, such as a case of voter fraud, a case of against, you know, multiple cases against Dominion, you know, cases uh, like, uh, who was it? The uh, Nevada, Nevada, they were having <clears throat> this group was, was incentivizing voting. Okay. They were holding a raffle on Facebook and all you had to do to, to enter the raffle, you know, this, this was uh, specifically for native Americans. And all you had to do to, to enter the raffle was, was show that you, you know, you had your, I voted sticker or you had to show, you know, you signing or filling out your ballot, send them that picture and you're automatically entered into a raffle to win up to like 250 bucks. Folks, that's illegal. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's the, based upon everything they have, the, the posts, the requests, the actual mo- money paid to these people for showing, yeah, I voted. You know, I'm now entered into a raffle. The, that is that is proof beyond a reasonable doubt, except they don't even need that. Again, in a civil case, they just need to demonstrate a preponderance of evidence in their favor. Okay, let's be very clear about that. People are saying, oh my gosh, how are we going to prove it? We've, we can't. You know, they've, the, those dastardly Democrats, they, they shredded the envelopes, and they intermingled the ballots, and it's just going to be so hard to prove beyond a reasonable doubt. They don't have to, okay? Let's make that very clear. I think it was um, Sidney Powell yesterday was saying this on Newsmax, um, and it's the first time I'd ever heard any of them. I, I listened to her, Jay Sekulow. I listened to, uh, obviously, Lynn Wood. Rudy Giuliani, whenever he's on, <clears throat> and then I listen to the opposition as well. I think that yesterday was the first time I'd ever heard anybody mention the concept of preponderance of evidence. Um, maybe they have, maybe I missed it. But again, this, you know, the, not to say they, they need to explain this to people. They really don't. I actually don't think they should be going on shows at all. They should just be working to, to prove it in court. That's all that matters. Okay, this, this. This isn't a you know one of those situations where it's like oh you know uh, we've got to win the public relations battle no the election's over okay there's no vote to do there's you don't have to, to convince the people that you're right you have to convince the judges and specifically the Supreme Court justices now let's go and move on to number three and I'm going to go back over all this so if you guys are out there taking notes <laughs> I see one one person chatting oh well tell me more explain this further we will. Um, but, but part three, and this is, this is the one that is probably hardest to convince, at least for Trump supporters, because we have a tendency, you know, it's, it's part of our nature to, to be concerned. Okay. We've seen so many times in the past with the Durham investigation with Spygate, We've seen so many times where it's like, oh, my gosh, this is it. You know, the Clintons are going to jail or or Susan Rice is going to jail or John Clapper or Jim Comey or Barack Obama. or You know, and then you see this, these memes out there, you know, people yelling at, at uh, Attorney General William Barr, you know, arrest somebody already. And they're right. You know, there's a lot of frustration there. So let's be very clear about this third item. Concern about the Department of Justice. I see a lot of people out there saying, you know, where's William Barr? Where's William Barr? I get it. You know, we don't need them. Again, going back to my previous point, this is a civil suit. This is not a criminal case. Will there be criminal cases? Sure. And those will take time. And in those cases, they need to have the burden of proof is on them 
to demonstrate beyond a reasonable doubt that there are crimes committed, and then they can arrest people, charge them, arrest them, hopefully prosecute them. That will be nice, but that has zero impact on what's happening as far as the election itself is concerned. These are civil suits. These are civil suits being filed by the Trump team, led by Rudy Giuliani, Sidney Powell, Jay Sekulow, um, Jenna Ellis. They've, they've got good lawyers. But then there's people outside, outside of the Trump campaign, who, as long as they can establish standing, which they're having challenges. If you see, oh, my gosh, there's been like 39 lawsuits that have been thrown out. Most of the time, they're not thrown out over evidence. They're thrown out over standing. But that's, that's a whole other discussion. Um, you've got Lynn Wood down in Georgia. He's really hammering Georgia. And he is working with the Trump team. He's not part of the Trump team, but he is working with them very closely. And uh, he's seen a lot of the evidence. He's seen the the infamous Dominion evidence that he says is, is very strong. Sidney Powell says is rock solid. She says it's biblical. <laughs> okay. Lynn Wood was talking about, about uh, fighting uh, demonic Satanists, okay, within the party. Look, you know, I'm not going to poo-poo on any of that. I think that they're probably correct. Actually, I'm actually, I was surprised that they were bold enough to come out and, and announce who the adversary really is, because <clears throat> let's face it, that is who the adversary really is. Number four, and if I bounce around too much, forgive me, I'm doing this without notes. And um, I did take a nap last night, but I wouldn't call it a full night's sleep. It is 725 in the morning here in California. Uh, but so um, number four, yeah, but we're a lot of people are concerned by all these lawsuits getting getting tossed. And actually, that's the main ammunition. Every anytime I tweet about it or post about it anywhere, you know, the first thing they say is, "Oh, you guys are like like oh for thirty nine. You know, you guys have no chance." And so number one, we and we being the Trump team, and I'm not part of the Trump team, but I do again watch very closely. We have had zero expectations of being able to win in district courts. None. Okay. Can we win in the appellate courts? Potentially. But once it gets moved up to the Supreme Court, that's what everybody is shooting for. And I want you to know that the uh, these law or these these judges who are tossing out these cases, especially when they toss them out without hearing them, when they way when they toss them out immediately and make their political statements, such as what happened in Pennsylvania yesterday, you know, oh, blah, 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 blah. You know, the Obama appointee, I forgot his name, but the Obama appointee, you know, just basically said, oh, this is, there's nothing to see here, folks, echoing mainstream media, echoing the Democrats, echoing big tech, even though there was plenty to see, but it's okay. Because by doing it, the way that they're doing it, by tossing them so quickly, they're opening the doors for Rudy Giuliani and Lynn Wood and all, and all these various teams out there fighting for President Trump. They're opening the doors for them to be able to accelerate it more quickly. They, if they were being truly strategic or smart, they would be like, okay, so let's take a look at this. And they would delay and delay, and, and then they would have a ruling, you know, next Thursday or whatever, and then there would be, they'd be running out of time. They're doing, they're doing the teams a big favor. It's not ideal. Ideal is that they'd rule in their favor because it's always easier to, to work with the opposition having to file the appeals versus your own team, but it's okay. They were expecting, they probably had the, the appeals ready to go, expecting that these cases would get, would get tossed, dismissed, thrown out. They have to be able to appeal them and appeal them quickly. They have to move rapidly, but they don't have to move too rapidly. I want, you know, a lot of people are saying, Oh my gosh, it's already too late. It's over. It's over. It's not. Okay. We still have a legitimately about two weeks and everything's moving along pretty much at the pace that I would have expected beforehand. If anything, you know, especially when it comes to, to the, uh, um, oh, what is it? The, uh, lawsuits in uh, Michigan and Pennsylvania, those are actually moving faster than I would have expected. Oh, I'm sorry. And in, um, Lynn Woods cases are moving faster as well. They're accumulating so much ammunition right now to be able to fire. When they do fire, they're going to fire when it counts. And the only time that it really counts Again, it's not the PR battle. It's not in even these early court cases. The only time it's really going to count, they could win these district cases and they could still get accelerated to the Supreme Court and it likely would have because the opposition would have appealed. That's the only time it's really going to matter, though. Once it does get to the Supreme Court, we did have a minor win. It didn't get publicized very much, but thanks to a reshuffling of the various 
um, appellate courts, the, the districts. The um, At one time, you know, prior to November 20th, um, Justice Sotomayor was responsible for, I think it was, it's either Nevada or New Mexico. I think it was Nevada, but definitely Michigan. Um, in other words, she was the one who would have here any calls for emergency um, appeals. And she could, within her leftist progressive Supreme Court power, she could just summarily say no. <laughs> no, we're not going to hear the case in Michigan. Sorry. Sorry. That was within her individual power. Now, because of the, the shuffling, because after Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, um, Sotomayor had to move up to where Ruth Bader Ginsburg was. She could take over her district, uh, her, um, yeah, her district courts. And uh, Amy Coney Barrett took over some, and then the rest were divvied up between the other justices. And, you know, praise the Lord, <laughs> all of the contentious st- Folks, listen up. I've got something crucial to share with you today. In this uncertain world, you need to be prepared for anything, especially when it comes to your health. That's where the Wellness Company comes in, offering you peace of mind in a box with their medical emergency kit. Picture this. You're faced with a medical emergency and you need quick, effective treatment. The Wellness Company's medical emergency kit is like having a strategic arsenal of life-saving medications right at your fingertips. From proven treatments like ivermectin to generic Z-Packs and amoxicillin, this kit has got you covered. But that's not all. Every kit comes with a medical emergency guidebook, ensuring you have the knowledge to use these medications safely and effectively. It's like having a medical professional right there with you when you need it most. And here's the kicker. Use code FFN to get 10% off your medical emergency kit at twc.health FFN. That's right, folks. 10% off, peace of mind in a box. Don't wait until it's too late. Get your medical emergency kit today and be ready for whatever comes your way. Stay safe, stay prepared with a wellness company. Again, Use code FFN to get 10% off your medical emergency kit at twc.health slash FFN. Now fall under what I would consider to be originalists, whether it's Thomas or Alito, uh, Kavanaugh, Gorsuch, or Barrett. So that was, <laughs> there's my favorite one. I love this one. Um, every time somebody, are you a liar? Are you a liar? You know, this is the same person that will go out there and, and say, you know, why aren't you wearing your mask? I don't ask that person who's asked those things. Are you a doctor? No. You can hear from doctors what's happening. And nothing that I'm saying is, is you know, required for the bar exam. This is, this is lawyering 101. This is, it's called reading the Constitution, which I have done many times. No, I am not a lawyer. You don't need to be a lawyer to understand the difference between civil court and uh, civil cases and criminal cases. Yeah, don't watch Law and Order. Just stop. You're embarrassing yourself. Uh, Mindy Thomas, oh, love this. You know, I will have to. I have to say, what we we're bringing on some great shows over here at Freedom First Network, and I got to see the Mindy Thomas show. Uh, I didn't get to see the last one. I will watch it, Mindy, very soon. But I did get to see her interview of Kevin Sorbo. Wow, that dude's just. Oh, I mean. That was awesome. That was amazing stuff. And it was, bottom line is, check it out. You can find it over at freedomfirstnetwork.com's YouTube channel, Freedom First Network's Facebook. Uh, I think it's up on Periscope as well. We're going to be getting the website. Um, we're going to be getting the website updated. That's been a challenge for me because I do um, have to do a lot of these things. The selection is really putting us behind. Uh, but it's important, you know. I did a tweet the other day. You know, I've been watching um, senators in particular. You know, Ted Cruz, Lindsey Graham, Tom Cotton. A lot of you know, senators I respect. Not that I respect Lindsey Graham that much, but but you know, sometimes he's okay. Uh, usually he's very, very, very bad. But anyway, um, watching their reactions to all of this. And I see, you know, they're holding these these hearings of big tech, you know, and you've got uh, Tom Cotton out there going after the 1619 project, and you've got Ted Cruz going after Twitter, and you got you've got um, uh, who was the it was one in particular? It wasn't Cotton? It was Cotton. Um, one of the senators, I think it was Cotton, who was actually you know very into trying to to preserve the Republican majority in the Senate by by focusing on on Georgia. 
yeah, that's in January. 1619 project is going to be here for you know, a long time. We can gripe about that later. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, censorship, important, but not necessarily pressing. Okay, we can we can address that later. We've got about two weeks to save the nation from an attempted coup attempt. What the hell are senators doing? Doing what they're doing. Okay, I like Ted Cruz a lot. Okay, what, what is he doing? Why isn't this the only thing he's fighting? There's a, a coup, an attempt to attack the Constitution, which he said, which all of them pledged an oath to protect. This nation is under attack from, from within and from abroad. And we have two weeks to stop it. So the message to you senators and all the senators who care about this nation, this is it. This is the only thing you need to focus on. I don't want to read your tweets about the 1619 Project. Is it bad? Yeah. Deal with it in two weeks. I don't want to hear read your tweets about the Georgia Senate race. Is that important? Yeah. It's six weeks away. Deal with it in two weeks. You have time. We don't have time to sit around and twiddle our thumbs about this attack against our nation. You know, it's like the house is on fire and they're like, oh, my gosh, you know, I wonder if we should paint the living room. Okay, so painting the living room might be important at some point. But when the house is on fire, that's not your concern. You put out the fire first. Then you deal with the paint. There you go. Thank you to uh, Marsha Gribble. Hello there. Great reporting. Thank you. No, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Mattis Alman, I agree. Where is everyone? Where is everyone? You know, I, especially the senators. Okay, you've seen some congressmen out there. There's a lot of bickering. Okay, everyone there, everyone we've elected in D.C. on Capitol Hill, they've all pledged an oath to the Constitution, and the Constitution today is under attack. If you're not going after this, then you are saying essentially that either one. You are too stupid to realize that the country is under attack. You have not been paying attention. You're not doing your job, your due diligence as a congressman, as a senator, to see what's happening to the nation, to look at the unambiguous, rampant, widespread voter fraud that is trying to to change the results of the election. So either you as a sitting senator, a sitting congressman. Either you're stupid if you're not doing anything or you're involved or you're part of the coup. Those are the only two options if you are not doing everything you can to defend this nation. And I encourage anybody out there, please, send, send, <laughs> if, if Marco Rubio was standing in front of me right now, I would say this to his face. Send this to any of them. Please. They need to wake up. They need to get off their butts. Okay. So go back and going back to going back to this this debunking. I think, you know, I, I glazed over it real quick. We need to we need to readdress all of it. So number one, burden of proof. The burden of proof, there is a burden of proof on the Trump team to prove there was voter fraud, but that does not mean there is no burden of proof to prove that the vote isn't fraudulent. Again, we're not talking about a criminal case. There is no, you know, when people say innocent until proven guilty or presumption of innocence or whatever, that's idiotic. This isn't a criminal case. Stop. You're just embarrassing yourself. What we have here is a need for these people who are certifying, whether it's, it's, um, you know, again, the secretaries of state, state legislators, electors, canvassers. When they certify, they're certifying that it is in their, to the best of their knowledge, that it is accurate, that they are signing off on a free and fair election. And they too, if they don't see, if they don't recognize that there was fraud, or at least acknowledge that there is suspicion of fraud, then when they sign that certification, they are, in essence, breaking the law. That's, um, that's 
Folks, I didn't write the Constitution. I just read it a lot. If they are certifying it, then they are bringing the law. This is part of, read the state. It's really in the state constitutions in most cases where you have to see this. And I have read the Michigan. I have read the, um, just read it the other day. Um, Wisconsin. Sorry, had to get my, so I'm tired. Michigan, Wisconsin, they do under, it, it is it is essentially perjury or the equivalent thereof for an elected official or for even a state appointee to certify something that they know may be fraudulent, to certify that it is accurate. We have seen evidence coming through, not presented by the teams, and the teams don't, the Trump team, Lynn Woods team, any of these other teams, Jay Sekulow, they do not have to present the evidence to the people. They don't have to go on Tucker Carlson because Tucker says, oh, my gosh, I asked them to be on my show, and I my tremendous ego was burst because they wouldn't come on to show me the evidence. I told them that I wanted to see the evidence before they presented it during discovery to the, to the defendants and the defendants' lawyers. I know that's not what I was supposed to do, but I'm Tucker Carlson. Therefore, how dare they? How dare? You know, did his best uh, Greta Thunberg impersonation going after <laughs> Sidney Powell. Oh, Tucker, what, what happened to you, man? Anyway, um, yeah, so... So that's, again, number one. They do have a burden of proof on them. Number two, what is the the degree? What is the level of proof that's necessary? Um, I, again, we covered that before, but I want to make sure we hammer this home. In a criminal case, the burden of proof is on the prosecution to demonstrate Beyond a reasonable doubt. We've heard that phrase over and over again. We're hearing it too much right now. Beyond a reasonable doubt. Now, what is that? That's about, you know, to some, that would be maybe 90%. That's low, but I I think that's how some of it look. You know, I'm 90% sure that this person's guilty. Uh, I'd say most would put it at approximately 95%. In reality, it should be 98 or 99%. If you're going to put somebody in jail, you need to be 99% sure that they did it. It's not 100%. Reasonable doubt. Okay, beyond reasonable doubt. If everything had to be 100%, then, then it'd be impossible to put anybody in jail. We need it to be high, a high standard, 98, 99, whatever. 99% of the, the uh, evidence needs to be in favor of prosecution, approximately somewhere in that range, whatever. You get the idea. The reason I bring that up, though, is because when you're dealing with civil cases, as are being filed by Trump's team and other teams. You need your requirement, your burden of proof is a preponderance of evidence. In other words, you essentially, you know, using the same, same odd scale of what percentage does it need to be accurate, you know, 90, 99, whatever, in that scale, to win a civil suit, you technically need 51%. You just have to make your case of a likelihood of voter fraud not and and let's be clear. I don't want to downplay the that you know, how easy or hard this is going to be. This isn't going to be easy because number one, they have to prove you know that it is more likely there was voter fraud than the the defendants who will try to prove that there was no voter fraud. But the defendants are going to be trying to prove something else as well. Okay, they're going to be trying to prove. If there was voter fraud, it wasn't enough. And that's the tough part. That's the that's the part that that has, that keeps Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell and Lynn Wood and Jay Sekulow and Jenna Ellis and all the rest of them. This is what keeps them up at night, is being able to demonstrate that there was enough voter fraud to change the outcome of the election. You could dem- you could prove ninety nine percent certainty that there was voter fraud, and I think in many cases that's going to be very easy. The numbers have to add up. Okay. If Biden won a particular state by 15,000 votes and you can prove beyond a reasonable doubt that 14,500 of them were fraudulent, you still lose. You have to be able to prove those two things. Number one, there was voter fraud. Number two, there was enough voter fraud to change the results in that particular state. 
And if you can do that, then we win. And here's the good news, folks. They can do that. They can. Don't get discouraged by, you know, oh my gosh, there's all these cases are being dismissed. They knew they were going to get dismissed. They knew they were going to get thrown out. They were prepared for it. They didn't expect to win in these district courts. I cannot hammer that enough. You know, if there was anything, yeah, like I said, I don't think they should be going on all these shows and and holding these press conferences uh, very often or as often as they are. You know, maybe a weekly update would be fine by me. Yeah, but but I, I would rather they are, they just go out there working. But if there is one thing I wish they would say, I wish they would acknowledge it's that. Okay, I wish they would have put that out there as quickly as possible. But we will. We will see. Uh, in the chat, see, I haven't read this, so we're reading it live. If there's any curse words, I apologize ahead of time. Uh, Marsha Gribble says, I wholeheartedly believe that the squeeze on the social platform is to tie in these mobiles culpable in election interference by their method of censoring, etc. I know what you say is essential as well, to focus on the election fraud evidence as a priority. Okay, so yeah, so it's a good point. Um when we get to the criminal side of this, and Lord willing, we will, you know, again, my only priority, everything that, that the Trump team is focused on, everything President Trump himself is focused on, okay, everyone, everything that we should be focused on is the civil side of things. We have to win in court. We have to win in Supreme Court. If we win or lose in district courts or appellate courts, doesn't matter. All that matters is is what can go to the Supreme Court, which is most of it, if not all of it. And it has to be done in the next two weeks. And then can we win there? Can we win enough to have the correct outcome, the lawful outcome? And I think, yes, I think, yes, we absolutely can. But then after that, that's when we have to figure out two things. Number one, we have to figure out how this happened and how to stop it from happening. It must be stopped from happening ever again. This has been happening for too long. And people have just let it slide. People, I have let it slide. I've known about voter fraud for since 2000, okay? Once they started going to digital, it's like, oh my gosh, here we go. This is going to get ugly. And it did. And it has. And it is ugly. Other people have known. Congressmen, senators, presidents. But it's always been, eh, I wouldn't say negligible. But it's been like, well, yes, there's voter fraud, but... Probably not enough to sway the election. Probably not enough to do this. Probably not enough to do that. We were fools. I was a fool for not, I, if, if I could go back in time, this would, would have been one of the things that I would have pushed for just as hard as I pushed for, for term limits. <clears throat> but you get the idea. We have to fix it. This can't ever happen again. We need safeguards. And for once, for the first time maybe in my entire life, I'm calling for regulations. I, there's too many regulations. They need to get, get rid of regulations. The vast majority of regulations need to be pulled. This is not one of them. This is, the, this is one that needs more regulations. Why? Because this is about our government. This is protecting our vote, one of our sacred rights as Americans. And as we can see, it is not being protected. Now, does that mean that we need to nationalize? Absolutely not. Don't even start. Don't, don't. We need to have a, you know, I hear a lot of people, we need to have a uniform way of voting that's controlled from D.C. No, 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 stop. No, no, no. Let the states handle it. Let, I'm, you know, I'm even okay with private industry handling. A lot of people are like, why, is, why does Dominion even exist? Look, a properly regulated, monitored private organization will be better equipped working through the states and through local jurisdictions to be able to run our elections properly. That is the right way. But we do have to, in this case, have regulations. We need eyeballs on what they're doing. Okay. We do. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, sorry. And then the second thing, almost skip the second thing that has to happen after we win re-election. After re-election is secured in the Supreme Court, the second thing we have to do, and this is not like it doesn't go in this order. It's, it can happen concurrently. It will happen concurrently. We need to find out who was involved as many of them as we can. This is where the DOJ does get into, does get into this. I haven't been complaining about William Barr, or Christopher Ray, or, or Gina Haspel or any of these people for, for, well, since the election. 
But by golly, after we win, win re-election, they will enter our our sites, and they must. They must. They must do their job. They must root out what happened and why it happened, and most importantly, who is doing it. There's foreign influence. We already see. You know, the, it's funny. There was a CNN debunking of claims by Sidney Powell during the press conference. They debunked. You know, she claimed that 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 Dominion voting systems was connected to the Venezuela government and to George Soros and to the Clinton foundation. But we've, we're proving that wrong. You see, you see, it wasn't technically, I mean, it was in Venezuela and yes, it was started by a couple of people from, from Venezuela. Yes. But, um, but it's not owned by Venezuela, not the government, not technically speaking. Oh, and as far as the George Soros thing, no, no, no. The, the George Soros definitely does not have, and we checked, we checked for you guys, the CNN, again, sorry, my CNN voice. We checked for you guys, and there is no, no evidence that George Soros signed any papers that connect him directly to Dominion voting systems. Now, yes, his organization, Open Societies, does have a relationship with Dominion voting systems and has been working with them for years, but... Not on paper. There is no paper trail to prove it. We just know it because it's true. But, you know. And as far as the Clinton Foundation, yeah, there the Clinton Foundation does not have an ownership stake in Dominion voting systems. That's not what she said, but we're going to say that she said that anyway because we're trying to, to debunk it. Good job, CNN. You really you really nailed us on the on that one. It was it was funny. You can read that article over at noqreport.com. Uh, Marsha, again, says, I think the Trump team may be biting off more than they can chew by trying to tie in evidence showing election fraud as early as 2012 and many elections using the Dominion Skittle process. They need to focus on the technological forensic evidence in the confiscated hard drive from Germany to prove the case of major premeditated election fraud. I feel this will occur with the right specialists undertaking this task. Then present this to the officials that be uh, to proceed and determine the fate of our 2020 election. So I agree with everything that Marcia said. I will say that I am hopeful that their strategy is much more developed than it seems to be. And when I say hopeful, I think I would put it up. You know, I mean, again, don't forget, they have no reason to convince us that they're doing a good job. They just have to do a good job. They have no reason to give us accurate information during their press conferences. They just have to do a good job. They don't have to, to be able to prove beyond a reasonable doubt anything. And they don't even have to, to prove to us that they have evidence. They don't have to go on Tucker Carlson. And they don't have to reveal to us what their strategy is. In fact, it behooves them not to. So with that said, I think that Marsha is correct. And I think that that may be what they're doing. This is one of those situations where as hard as it is for us as conservatives, as patriots, to sit on our hands and just let things happen, we kind of have to. We there's not say no, don't take that the wrong way. I'm not saying that there's nothing we can do. We need to be doing a lot of stuff. Number one, we need to be praying. Number two, we need to be spreading the word because there are reasons outside of what's going to happen in the Supreme Court that we need to be able to convince enough people that there was voter fraud. Okay, because what happens after President Trump is officially reelected is going to be turmoil, anarchy, chaos, and we need to essentially. Give, preemptively tone down those who may who may want to join in that. There are already going to be Antifa and Black Lives Matter and radical radical leftists and neo Marxists out there who are going to be trying to burn down the nation. We need to prevent the moderates and uh, sensible, even the sensible radicals. We need to to say, look, guys, it really is voter fraud. This really is voter fraud. Open your eyes, you know, politely. Tell them to open their eyes. See what's happening. Uh, let's see. I think there's a question. Uh, Juliana Bennett says, if we win, will that be applied to every state 
with the same algorithm? So, oh, that's a great question. I like this. I like this question a lot. So um, I see what you're getting to. There was a Cindy Powell had noted yesterday, I believe it was also on Newsmax. She's getting around a lot. She had noted that she had been able to find and demonstrate 35,000 votes that weren't just for Trump, but also down ballot tickets, uh, down ballot votes that were changed through the system. And they'd asked, you know, uh, which state, which state? She said, look, as far as I can tell, all of them. Okay, this is happening. She believes that there's approximately 35,000 votes. Um, and I, she didn't say this, but I'm going to insert this word, an average of 35,000 votes per state. I assure you, you know, 35,000 votes in Alaska has a lot more impact than 35,000 votes in California. So I'm assuming an average of 35,000 votes per state. If we choose, Assuming the system, and the system would be able to do this, by the way. Very clearly, the technology is there within the system. The way that it's designed, they could go through and they could say, okay, so let's just set a flat amount of this percent of votes that we want to be switched and switch them. You know, if they have President Trump here and this congressman and this senator and this, you know, whatever, go ahead and just flip-flop this percentage of votes. Just do that automatically and do that throughout. In other words, they don't, and this is where we don't have, we, you, that is almost impossible to find without the servers. Okay. Now, if you've got the servers and again, we think we do, it's been mixed accounts. I know they said that it was the good guys, but the good guys doesn't necessarily mean them. If, if the good guys is the FBI, I'm not sure that's the good guys. Okay. I love the FBI, FBI agents. I would say a good chunk of them are good, but FBI leadership, I don't trust at all. Hunter Biden laptop. Hello. Um, you know, so we'll see. But if without that evidence, those 35,000 votes on average that she's talking about would be that literally would be almost impossible to find because that is done piecemeal. That is done bit by bit. That is done based upon the algorithm. As a lot of people have been talking about algorithms, I specialized in algorithms. I'm not a lawyer, but I did specialize in algorithm and algorithm um, deconstruction for years professionally before I started doing all this politics stuff a few years ago. And it is definitely possible for you to be able to, for them through Dominion and through ESS, ESNS, by the way, um, they don't get nearly enough press, but they, they should. It is possible to be able to, to uh, do that. And it would be very, very challenging to trace back even with uh, forensics, unless you have the servers. So we'll see. Hopefully they do have the servers. Hopefully it, that'll all come to pass. But then you say, well, if they can't prove it, what are they going to do? Those votes, those that's tough. What's not tough is when they're like, holy crap, it's election night. And we thought we were going to win Florida. And my gosh, we're getting our butts kicked. So let's see what we can do there. Go ahead and go ahead and launch it in, in Virginia. Launch plan D. You know, we've already done everything else. We've already done everything we can with mail-in ballots. We've already done everything we can with with uh, you know, getting election workers to to switch ballots, burn ballots, hide ballots. Um, we've already brought in truckloads of of extra Biden ballots, and we're still going to lose. So go ahead and launch you know Plan D, which is a massive use of Dominion or ESNS software to switch votes. That is traceable. Okay, that's not algorithmic. That's crap. We didn't we didn't cheat enough. We're still going to lose. Go ahead and flip it. So they went ahead and flipped Virginia, in my humble opinion. They looked at Florida very closely because they thought that they'd done enough to cheat in Florida, and they didn't come close. That's why they instructed all the news channels, including Fox News, don't call Florida. I know it looks bad, but we're analyzing it. We're going to see if we can still fix it. Same thing happened in Ohio. In Ohio, the, the beatdown was so so huge, they were like, eh, forget it, just leave Ohio, go and call Ohio. We lost that one. They started scrambling. They started looking, okay, so what do we got? Uh, okay, go ahead and let's get ready for a 3 a.m. drop in Michigan and Wisconsin. And uh, let's let's do, we got a lot to do in, in Pennsylvania. Uh, let's go ahead and shoot for Georgia. Uh, get Arizona and Nevada, get those going. Let's, um, yeah, otherwise, this is going to be a landslide. We're going to. President Trump's going to end up, even with us cheating, his landslide is going to be so great. It's going He's going to get over 370 electoral votes, and we're going to lose the House and take losses in the Senate. That's what they'll be able to hopefully find. Uh, let's see. Um, what about how it affects other races like governors? Yeah. So I wish, I wish, I pray. 
that we were prepared for this. I wish that we could, because that's, that's the part that really sucks the most that we don't have time for that. We have time for Trump. We have two weeks to fix that part of the election. Can that help to reverse say Michigan? Can John James win? Perhaps I haven't had time to look at the other races. I don't think they've had time to look at the other races, you know, blame the GOP for that, for not just, I'm talking about the national GOP. What the heck are they? What are they doing? What are they doing? We need to, you know, let's add a third thing that has to be done after Trump wins re-election. We've already established, number one, fix the voting system completely. Number two, find out who, who did wrong. Number three, also can run concurrently, and I will happily participate in this one. We need to fix leadership in the Republican Party. We need to get start you know, going after the rhinos. I went after Liz Cheney yesterday. She's calling about the sanct- Trump needs to honor the sanctity of the election process. No, the sanctity has already been broken, Congresswoman Cheney. Not by Trump, but by his opposition. We're trying to fix it. You know, she needs to go. I will happily back and interview every day if I have to a constitutional conservative who primaries Liz Cheney in 2022. Hmm, comments are coming in very fast. Sherry Johnson. I'm just going to post this up there just because we need that. I know it says, uh, you, uh, for those who don't know, uh, the emoji for the U.S. flag is it translates to U.S., U.S., U.S. on a lot of different things. Um, Juliana Bennett says, we have a corrupt governor in Washington. Yeah, you do. <laughs> he is never uh, was never concerned. He had great turnout for the opponent. Yes, um, that's a race that I've been been watching. I don't think that even with... So one of the ways that we know about the advanced cheating, so let's be clear. Was there cheating? Was there voter fraud in every state? Absolutely. Was there voter fraud in every state, every election? Absolutely. It just is. Okay. They've been working on this machine since Saul Alinsky. It's been building and growing and expanding, and it's there. It has to be deconstructed. We now see what can happen. But even with that, if that wasn't the case, they did not have to launch um, – launch much of an opposition up in Washington at all. Um, I'm not saying that, uh, oh, what's his name? Gosh, I forgot his name now. You have to put it. Uh, I interviewed a couple of, I didn't get, he, I didn't get to interview him, but I um, did interview uh, the uh, former sheriff. Anyway, um, gosh, I forgot the gubernatorial candidate in Washington. Good guy. Um Sorry, like I said, I've been up all night. I am a little bit, a uh, little bit foggy. Was could it have been closer? Sure, it, it could have been. Could he have lost? He should have lost. Jainsley is is a disaster. He's just an utter disaster. Um, you know, just look at what's happening with COVID. We post an article. I actually got to do a little bit of artwork and put flu all over all over Inslee's face, flu, the flu virus, because as of you know this massive flu season or what is usually a massive flu season in Washington State, as of last week, since flu season started, which was in the beginning of October, so now we're in week seven now, since flu season started, there have been officially documented cases Lab-tested, lab-confirmed cases of influenza. Uh, somebody in uh, – Culp, thank you. Thank you, Julian. Yes, Culp. Uh, Lauren? Lauren? Yeah, Lauren. Um, guess how many cases they found? Again, lab-tested, lab-confirmed cases of influenza in the state of Washington since the beginning of flu season, which was the beginning of October. I'll take some some guesses. Anybody who gets it gets it right will get a free – um, thank you. Free kudos. Well, you guys guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, some of the chat. Um, while you guys guess, I'll take this moment to take a drink of my Freedom First coffee. Founders blend. Which I was able to get at freedomfirstcoffee.com. I used the promo code NOQ at checkout, and I was able to get 
10%. And Julian and Ben and ding, 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 you won. Yes, there have been exactly zero case. Well, technically speaking, there was one, there was one potential case. So I guess, I guess, um, I guess you don't get kudos. Nah, I'll give it to you anyway. Yeah, there was one. Um, and uh, zero deaths, of course. But COVID-19 is spiking. Did anybody see uh, what happened in Huntington Beach? It's in my neck of the woods, Huntington Beach, California, last night. You can check that out over at Knock Report as well at NQReport.com. Some amazing patriots. We have a curfew now here in California of 10 p.m. So... Yeah, you can guess where I was at 10 p.m. I'll give you a hint. I was not at home. <laughs> okay, uh, Marsha, the mere fact that Hammer Dominion was created for the U.S. to use in other countries to have a coup on leaders to replace them with those U.S., uh, with the people that, that the U.S. prefer, then utilizing the U.S. is quite telling indeed. It is quite telling indeed. It is. For those who don't know, um, the hammer and scorecard, the hammer is a counterintelligence mechanism. Scorecard is an app, a, a program that is used to be able to switch votes um, at the point of transfer. Okay, So in other words, it doesn't switch votes where it's verifiable. It switches votes basically where it's not verifiable. When it's being transferred from, say, a precinct to a county or a county to the state or the state to a national election. That's when they change the vote totals. Um, the most ideal spot for it to be used here would be between county and state. As those votes are being tallied, as they're coming in, you know, they, they can change them bit by bit. And it's, um, it's pretty darn easy, unfortunately. So yeah, we uh, had on two mics, one of our freedom first network podcasts, we've had Lieutenant General Tom McInerney on three times, including before the election. I had to I had to toot our horn here. We were we're screaming about Dominion and and uh, the hammer and scorecard before the election. Unfortunately, President Trump or the people who powers that be were not listening, folks. Things are going in the right direction. I want to make sure everybody's clear about that. This is happening the way that it's supposed to happen. I'm not going to say that I'm at 100% sure. I'm at 90% sure, based upon everything that I've seen, that within two weeks, we will start seeing a dramatic turnaround. It's going to be to the point that mainstream media's narrative is no longer going to be that there was no voter fraud. Mainstream media's narrative will switch to was there really enough voter fraud? And then the narrative will switch to, um, you know, is what, what about the Republicans? What, didn't they do voter fraud? And then the narrative is going to switch to, you know, hmm, it seems like this is bad. Do we keep pushing? How do we fight it? This is a stolen election. They're going to be pushing the stolen election narrative because they're going to be pushing based upon the, the machinations of their neo-Marxist overlords that will be pushing for, for chaos, for anarchy in the streets. They will be pushing to destroy the United States of America, some wittingly, some unwittingly. I think we give reporters and, and journalists a lot more credit than they deserve when it comes to uh, understanding the own basis for their narratives, the own basis for their opinions. A lot of times, you know, there was a, a great piece that I saw the other day Oh, no, wait, that was a knock report as well. Sorry. Keep tooting your horn. Um, it was noticing, noting how the New York Times was searching for a, uh, a Moscow correspondent, one of the most highly sought after um, assignments in all of journalism. Okay. The New York Times Moscow correspondent, that's a person that, that breaks news. That's a person that that is in harm's ways, <clears throat> harm's way, so to speak, reading the job description they posted, you know, they basically were saying, you know, if you hate Russia, if you hate Vladimir Putin, then we got the job for you. It was no, you know, if you want to go to Moscow and find the truth, it was, if you want to go to Moscow and destroy the truth. Now I'm not a, I'm not a fan of Putin. I'm not a fan of Russia, 
Okay. I don't want to, I want to make sure that nobody's, uh, nobody thinks that, but I do believe that everybody should be reported fairly. You know, I want the truth from a reporter. I don't want New York times to just find the, the most anti-Russian shill to go report there. I mean, that's their paper, their prerogative. But the point I'm trying to make is this, is that we get to see all the time that it's, it's not based upon, you know, some, some grand narrative. A lot of times it is. A lot of times it's pr- the propaganda is based upon a grand narrative that's sent down and distributed to the, to the uh, masses among journalists. We've all seen that video where they're literally repeating the same exact talking points, dozens of them, hundreds perhaps. Okay. We've seen that. And that does happen from time to time. But otherwise, it really is just they're taking advantage of these, these um, producers, these executives, the uh, editors, they're taking advantage of people. That they're, they're basically finding people to do the shilling for them based upon their own pre-existing worldview. They don't have to train them. They can find the right shills out there. <sighs> nice and nice. It's, we have to always remember the truth is important. And I do these a lot of times. I, one of my goals is to make sure that people do keep the faith because we do still have time. There's still two weeks. Um, things are progressing as they would have been expected to progress. If anything, they're moving faster and we are very well positioned to be able to have the correct lawful result to this election. But um, I'm going to have a piece coming soon. I wish I had it in front of me. Um, I'll actually probably do it either tonight or tomorrow podcast titled um, something to the effect of um, cognitive dissonance, how, a bunch of people who, who claim to not believe in miracles somehow believe that Joe Biden got eighty million. <laughs> oh, excuse me, eighty million votes. That's how. That's how much of a of a laugh this is. I actually have to sneeze at the concept of Joe Biden getting eighty million votes. Joe Biden got maybe sixty million votes. You might say, "Wow, how can they demonstrate twenty million votes fraudulently cast?" They can't, and they won't. They don't have to, because that's not. How this works? They don't have to prove that he was he was a disaster. They have to prove that the electoral college is in favor of President Trump, and to be able to do that, they have to be able to flip a combination of states, whether it's Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Nevada, Arizona, maybe New Mexico, maybe Virginia. Virginia is apparently now potentially in play. They have to flip some of those, a combination that puts him over 270. Or if we want to get really ugly, they just have to prevent Joe Biden from getting to 270. And that's a whole other discussion for a whole other time. Um, yeah, another good one there. Um, Isabel says, if states have more votes than registered voters, it's fraud. And that is true. They haven't been able to find states, but they did find, um, I believe Rudy even tweeted this morning, it was um, like 70% of the districts, I don't want to misquote them, some area could have been, um, could have been Wayne County, if I recall, 70% of Wayne County, which that's Detroit, 70% of Wayne County districts had more votes than voters. Um, And if that's the case, that should be, again, easy to demonstrate because they can say, oh, you know, this wasn't fraud, that wasn't fraud. They can't hide that one, folks. Um, Thankfully, the Supreme Court, you know, it's not a prerequisite in the Constitution, but I have a very, a very firm belief that most of them do understand basic math. John Roberts, maybe he does not. But everybody else, I think they're pretty good at this stuff. Um, Marsha, truth has been lost. Such a long time in real factual journalism. Thank you. God bless you as well. We do need facts. You know, um, It's funny because when we created this site, uh, long before the podcast, when we created this site, one of our goals was not to be a conservative site. We wanted it to be a truthful site. That granted, all the you know, and for those who've asked in the past, NOC NOQ stands for news, opinions, and quotes. And we wanted the majority of the site to be news, and we wanted that news to be unbiased. I don't want biased news. I don't want to participate in it. I don't want it left leaning. I don't want it right leaning. Not if it's the news. The news part needs to be unbiased. 
Now, the opinions, by their very nature, are biased, and that's fine. You know, and we would have been very conservative with our opinions. But we wanted the news to be unbiased. Unfortunately, because there is such a tilt in the vast majority of media, not just mainstream media, but also social media, the vast majority tilts to the left, we feel obligated to act as a counterbalance. I don't want to do that. We will continue until things level out, if they ever do. If they ever do. We'll end on uh, Daniel's notes. Stay steady, patriots. That is correct. That is correct. Stay steady. We're going to get through this. We're going to make it, and it's going to be wonderful. Okay? It's going to be wonderful. And if it isn't, you know, then, hey, we're probably, it's the beginning of the end times, and hallelujah. We're almost home. (laughs) That's another discussion. Lord willing, I will be back very soon with another episode. But in the meantime, you guys stay strong, stay safe, and God bless.